<clears throat> so a few questions here. Say something about indications when to have the eyes closed or opened. Other than opening the eyes, can you share any strategies for increasing energy dealing with dullness? When I meditate, sometimes I have no thinking and I cannot feel the breath. What should I do? There are some practical ways to cultivate loving-kindness with oneself and others. When investigating an emotion, how deep do we have to dig? Is it enough to see the emotion is not us and caused by conditions? Or do we have to find out what specific conditions or the causes are? As regards having the eyes open or closed, um, what supports, what's supportive? aiming for where does it go wrong where does it where does it get lost where the hindrances take over or helpful factors arise this is just always the kind of question essentially do as little as possible general too much activity uh, not enough uh, allowing the jitta to its own intelligence to come forth and you keep walking the toddler it doesn't learn to stand up so too much activity too much doing gets to be doing all the time not enough doing the quality of the practice gets a bit stale, stagnant one loses the wisdom faculty everything we do is to encourage qualities lists of them but um, talk about indriya confidence, trust certainty, faith energy second one, viriya application, purposeful application to what's suitable, it's not just energy thrashing away but getting to the point, sati, uh, framing, forming a frame of reference, being able to get a reference on something so we can tackle it or assess it, um, samadhi, unification, how does the mind unify how to keep your discernment awake it's probably uh, all there so you start to check one of the things to recollect is is just we have a kind of conditioning already we already have conditioned reflexes and one of the conditioned reflexes for having the eyes closed to go to sleep that's why we normally close our eyes. The other conditioned reflex signal to the body when you close your eyes is to try to think. So sometimes you close your eyes, you think a lot. Then we have the conditioned reflex for the eyes open to start staring at things and looking around. So, you know. 
That's why I say, you know, starting perhaps establishing, but really up to you, but establishing foundation, establishing a sense of balance. And, uh, you know, we live most of our time with our eyes open. So why don't we start with that, since we do have our eyes open most of the time. Why don't we start with that, and then see how it works here, what comes from there. When you walk, you have your eyes open. Move around, you have your eyes open. In daily life, you have your eyes open. So it's, it's good to practice with that experience, to learn to restrain the gaze, to soften the gaze so it's not poking into things um, you get a sense of a quietness because the eyes very much affect thinking and uh, so if the eyes are quiet that is the is serene that is around the eyes that is relaxed the gait the muscles around the eyeball are quite relaxed and the pupil of the eye is not contracted in that focusing stage then there's a sense of softness and a kind of unification because the visual field now becomes unified rather than separate objects and the experience of distance begins to uh, dwindle you know, because your attention attention is the problem not the eyes attention is that which darts and moves and, you know, so that's quite a helpful means, skillful means, and in that state, because light is coming in, it may give us a sense of, oh, I'm here, rather than the realm of dreams and thoughts. Sometimes we plunge in too quickly, and we're not ready, and the realm of thoughts and preoccupations wells up and swept along in it without really having a, a good mooring. I don't think there's anywhere in the suttas where the Buddha says close your eyes but he does say you know restrained that's important but not to say you shouldn't close your eyes but get that sense of assurance and the you're operating already in terms of how attention works so because the eyes operate it's a forming a focus is, is something that happens you begin to sense well, there's the focus and now soft focus sharp focus spacious focus narrow focus steady focus jittering focus and you get that sense of your attention is now sort of balanced it's not locked in it's not moving around it's steady and how do you feel What's the, how you feel, roughly speaking, mean, is the jitter somewhat steadied by that experience? Uh, it does help to, you know, here, here, here's this, and there's, there's the seeing. Then if we can contemplate that experience in, when the eyes close, the eyes get sore, or, um, you know, we want to do more introspection to actually allow this um, experience of moods and thoughts to arise more fully, then, you know, because of the things we need to unpick, need to deal with in there, and also to attain unification within the mind itself, then we let the eyes close but even when the eyes are closed the lids are down but it's like it's almost as if you're looking into the eyelids it's not staring into them it's that sense of softness so you're not shutting off and then again one has that support you notice you don't think you see Buddha images with their eyes closed it means I'm awake. Uh, so very important because to keep the, the discernment faculty um, active.
tendency can be to drop and swim or get into things we can't we haven't got the clarity or the balance or um, the perspective on and like it like everything else you know you play you try this you try that you give it some time you see how it fits and how it comes together so other than open the eyes strategies for increasing energy or dealing with dullness well energy it's a matter of you know directing energy from unhelpful states into helpful states can't really increase it exactly but uh, the available resource of energy can be obstructed or uh, doing things going to the wrong directions you know slumping so hindrance of dealing with dullness essentially a couple of a few um, common strategies is to walk stand walk because when you stand there has to be more um, consciousness more full awareness because otherwise you fall over and you can sit and dream and fall asleep and you don't necessarily notice it you can half there and half not there but with standing you have to be really pretty much all there you can feel the immediate swinging or imbalance so it's it's i think it's a useful meditation personally i think it's find it even more useful than walking Um, but walking has got a fluid feeling to it so that can help to just massage energy sometimes standing you might feel shaky or dizzy energy's going up into your head so walking again the movement of the body helps to um, let the energy sort of um, um, uh, you know spread it through the bodily form this is a strategy or basic level um, then there's sorts of dullness that not exactly sleepy so much as just a bit dumb <laughs> yeah that bit kind of wooden and this is also not unusual and we we think it's tranquility or calm or samadhi something like that it's just wooden um, this is when the wisdom faculty is gone sleep switched off so um, investigation is necessary deliberately thinking uh, asking questions and you know relatively simple questions like you know, how is my knee how is my back using the posture and uh, deliberately pointing to um, tangible phenomena not speculative thought but pointing using thought is to be tucker to point to specific phenomena such as the sensations in my knees or the um you know, you know something very obvious like that so and doing that repeatedly can kind of prod things awake a bit uh a kind of slightly more sort of vigorous in a way form of 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 dispelling dullness or is um, to breathe out and stop stop breathing so if you breathe all breath all the way out and don't breathe in you won't fall asleep that's for sure and then then you let let the breath in sort of slowly <laughs> and it sort of shakes things up a bit it's a little bit brutal uh, but you know you can even even a little bit of stopping so just you know you get the sense of because the breath sometimes it gets shallow and then you're sort of just, uh, breathing out and then before it's just about to breathe in check it stop and you know, deliberately count one, two, 
three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. So, so it's not desperate you're going to explode, but enough to get a feeling that the energy is going to start pushing. And then, rather than gulp it all in, just as if you're breathing through a straw, just a little bit, thin strand. And, uh, you know, you might do that for two or three minutes, perhaps, or do it for a minute, and then go back to normal, and then have another go, and spend time doing that. So a little, even a little bit restraining the breath does help, and not just for, also for clarity. So uh, if I've had a very, you know, busy day in the monastery doing stuff, then I might well just begin sitting and just deliberately changing the breath pattern. You know, breath pattern can be quite shallow, you know, deep. So deliberately ch- slowing it down arresting it uh, and breathing limiting the in-breath has this uh, effect of sharpening energy and do it not all the time it's doing it for a little bit and then see how, how that feels and another method is um, try to before it gets too strong because all these great bits of advice you forget when you get sleepy, that's the problem. It's so totally wise when it's not happening. Uh, try to feel you know, what, what dullness feels like in your body. You know, certain sagging, um, occluded, closed down, uh, lack of boundary, fuzzy. Uh, try to feel your skin. You know, what's happening in your skin? your face and sometimes like your face kind of crumples or the skin seems to crumple into a sort of bit of a saggy heap and you know just sensing it and uh, yeah, just gently again gently inclining pushing against that so these are ways you can deal with it um, perceptions of light but uh, walking outside looking at light walking them down recollecting keeping active and before that fails probably time to take a nap and start again it's a, certainly a problem there's a monk who used to sit and he had a matchbox with a needle sticking out of it in his palm, his thumb. So if the thumbs collapsed, it would prick his thumb. So he got quite bloody. Yeah. I heard people sitting on the edge of wells, you know, so there's a feeling of falling, boom. Uh, <laughs> it can be quite, quite an issue. Uh, or sometimes people sit with something on the head like a matchbox on your head so if your head tips you just crash because quite often you don't really know, notice it that's that's the difficulty so you sit with something on, on your top of your head and you oh you realise you've gone forward catch it before it really takes over When meditating, sometimes I have no thinking and I cannot feel the breath. What should I do? Um, so, what do you want to do? <laughs> uh, if it was lost or... Uh, so some of these indrias are not there. They, uh, don't place too much on feet on feeling the breath. It's a it can be it's a skillful means, uh, but you know the the general understanding and experience is that as you as the breathing calms down, the sensations of the breath tend to 
become subtle and disappear. So you don't really got much of a an object in terms of um, sensations. But if one has cultivated um, properly or in appropriate manner, the uh, the breathing has made the minds brighter. So it's not just the calming, it's also steadying, brightening energy. So there's a sense of a of a, of a brightness or a steadiness there, and one isn't thinking, but the, there's a sense of steadiness. Then you focus on the steadiness. You focus on, or you attend to the sign of the steadiness, or you attend to the sign of the spaciousness or the openness, or you attend to the sign of subtle light or things or consciousness. You know. Now, if if that isn't there. It probably means that, in fact, one's jitters kind of slight, kind of really dormant. Therefore, you know, come back and perhaps we start using thinking, deliberate thinking. Um, you know, where is the body now? Uh, what's the feeling now? Uh, how's the mood now? Even if it doesn't have an answer, you just start activating <clears throat> till you know thinking is is a prop to help to keep one's wisdom faculty awake. Uh, it can be the case that without thinking, one can still have wisdom. But it's a, it's a non-verbal form. It's more like an intuitive. Uh, the way that we will, the way that we know our body is balanced and understanding. You don't think it, but you sense absences of pressure or composure, and you sense that. So if the mind feels composed, you sense composure. If it feels lack of composure, you need to sort of um, find some or create or an object to use it to, to balance with mm. some, so sensation is not the only thing going so sensations tend to disappear but they're relatively uh, coarse mm. there are subtler energies and subtler um, experiences that, that over time you begin to Sense, uh, you know, um, if, again, if cultivation has occurred in the correct way, one will experience the quality of some sense of happiness or brightness or lift. You know, the mood is good. Then you focus on that. If that isn't there, then it's likely that one has gone a little dormant. When investigating an emotion, how deep do we have to dig? Is it enough to see the emotion is not us and caused by conditions? Or do we have to find out what specific conditions causes are? The more specific you can get, the, the, the more specific the results. Uh, you know, to know an emotion is not myself, um, do, you re- do we really know that, or do we, uh, yeah? So we can get some stepping back from it. Uh, so that's a, that we're not adding to it or reacting to it. That's that's good. You know, you're able to to um, you know not be in the grip of it that's good so you investigate to that extent that this is where it's catching this is how, I, how it feels like me or it catches and this is how I step back from it now that's a good investigation um, just what you might say you know uh, the third foundation of, of sati 
uh, knowing this is the mind with you name it you know greed or joy or uh, irritation just knowing it is this that that itself is pretty good accomplishment there then there will be an experience of some dispassion and also the allowance for um, an emotion to, to deal with itself so you don't necessarily always know why there's that mood mind state you don't necessarily know you don't even have to know why um, some of this will just arise and you sense that mood and you step back and it sort of manifests and you feel the energy shifting and moving and it sort of expresses itself and it dissolves moves on uh, and that's that's good that's really helpful sometimes we just don't want emotions to arise fears anxieties uh, things we feel uncomfortable with you know quite like them to pass quickly please but i don't really want them to arise and they don't pass until they've properly arisen so that just bearing this in mind you know that in a way emotion will deal with itself as long as we can keep that sense of you know when we say we withdraw we're not ignoring it but just not adding more to it it may it may in fact tell you something it may as it as it manifests you get a sense of how you fit how how you seem with that how you seem you feel small or you feel um, distant or you feel cold or you feel threatened or you feel elated you know so there's sort of emotional states don't necessarily occur singly it's not just a nice one pops up you know here i am i'm anger by now <laughs> They generally come up with kind of other mingling senses of awkwardness, guilt, uh, worry, and you know all, all this. So it's they don't come up singly. But you may say the dominant trait here is the dominant one is anger, you know, or frustration, something like that. So and as it passes, you might see another one behind it, like a tired I'm tired of this phenomenon you know? and behind that you might see another one sad uh, and then behind that oh feel joyful now this fourth foundation of the fourth establishment is a bit more full-on investigation knowing the specific triggers for these mind states um, skillful or unskillful fortunate or, or miserable so this requires more or fuller development of um, sati and wisdom and uh, uh, the wisdom it's not just understanding also the wisdom that's got a sense of i have now the resources for deeper dispassion and you know um, i think one needs pretty you know good sense of steadiness um, to be able to investigate without trying to fix things or change things or you know uh, understand oneself or why am i like this it's not really about self it's just recognition of uh, what triggers so we're looking very much into jitta as anatta not self under these 
triggers and conditions, this sight, this sound triggers this particular phenomenon. This is where the grasping occurs. Or this is where the grasping releases. This is how it releases. So that, that, and you, you know, essentially you carry through the process of investigation in accordance with your capacities to do so. In accordance with your capacities to do so. Now, in some ways it's excellent if you can get things down to specific causes. That's great, but you don't, can't always get to that. You just know it can come, it can go. And uh, I know how to step back and let the thing move through. What are some practical ways to call loving, cultivate loving kindness with oneself and others? Practical ways. Well, hmm, I touched on this already. Yeah. In the Visuddhi Magra, it says in cultivate method, you see the lovability of beings. <laughs> where is that? Where is that? How does that happen? How does that happen? Um, we we recognise. I suggest. You know. And the image that is, is used in that in that commentary is uh, uh, of a baby. So that which encourages the nurturing quality. The nurturing quality we see beings as beings that need nourishment, need nurture. So that, yeah. And of course, this is not just material food. It's um, you know just a spirit of uh, that which we can somehow uh, nourish or give to bring uh, supportive qualities to and we do that because we see it's necessary it's, it's, uh, it's, there is a need uh, and uh, you know you uh, see someone on the street with no money looking desperate you know, at least you, know, you haven't got anything but at least you get some sense of um, you know um, See the vulnerability of beings, or the, the, the um, how creatures, how beings uh, are enriched by nurture. How they they are uh, made happy by being nourished. How their demeanour changes when they're nourished. How they uh, beings who are nourished uh, start to manifest qualities of um, uh, goodwill and so on. And towards oneself. So this is a reflection. So to acknowledge and to, without any embarrassment or feeling of being lessened, that. Uh, one needs nourishment, sustenance. What's helpful is the question. 
doesn't have to have an answer, it's a gesture. And around that quality, uh, that gesture, that, that attitude, um, we may uh, trigger or generate perceptions that give us a feeling of safety, happiness, well-being. Uh, sometimes I imagine um, being with light, warmth. You live in Britain, warmth becomes a very precious commodity. And uh, so one rather likes warmth. You might like coolness. <laughs> so coolness feels more what you... The pleasant, the pleasant quality of feeling cool might be a, an agreeable nimitta sign. You know, just uh, sitting in the shade, a cool tree, finding a way out of the blazing heat. In Britain, you find a way into the, towards the blazing heat, uh, towards a fire or something warm and bizarre. It's nice, and it's also um, to, to bathe oneself in it, to, to sense you don't have to earn it or deserve it or be even be that good. So it's a, it's an unconditioned um, quality of goodwill. It's not well. You did quite good, so here's a little bit. <laughs> it's just you know, bring it on. It's it's uh, the un. So it's, it's abundant. Um, what images work for you? Be interested to know. Sometimes recollections or memories of when one's experienced that from other beings, you get a sense of feeling grateful or uh, loved or uh, appreciated or enjoyed. You know, someone says, oh, it's been nice seeing you. And you, get, oh. and you just dwell in that moment, which might have only been you know, a few seconds long, but you dwell in it and you bring it back. And what was the feeling of that? How did that affect you? Sometimes we're just moving so fast we don't notice. We skip over uh, the, the gestures of goodwill or appreciation. And this is to do with our uh, the, the attitude of independence. I'm alright, thanks, yeah, fine. You know, as if we're independent. I don't want to bother you, I'm fine, I'm okay. Well, you know, what's the bother in giving goodwill? <laughs> it doesn't cost anything. One enjoys, one enjoys uh, presenting goodwill to beings. Uh, it's pleasant, enjoyable. But that sense of the independent, uh, it's, uh, it's a feature of our, of our psychology sometimes. So letting oneself not be independent, but grateful and open and uh, yeah. so these are some things towards oneself. I used to I used to feel very uncomfortable with people being having goodwill towards. You just know don't didn't know what I was supposed to do with it. <laughs> you think you're gonna do something. Well, thanks very much. That's nice. Um, yeah. um, I feel a bit embarrassed now. And, um, no, don't you? Do anything. That's the idea. Just sit back and okay, I can bear it. Just about. It's, it's a sense of the you know the, the mind being touched and moved. Sometimes you feel a little bit you know you want to hold it and control it yourself. So just letting go and letting oneself feel happy the goodwill of another person uh, for uh, you know some people it, that can be a little bit edgy um, but it's, it's beautiful to be able to do that and goodwill towards to one's oneself is the basis because you, otherwise you don't really know what you're talking about you know you Goodwill to other people is naturally great, but you don't know what it is until you until you're experiencing it. And unfortunately, this is where qualities such as goodwill and compassion, loving kindness, compassion, 
can get slightly distorted with a sense of duty. I'm supposed to be good to people. You know, I'm supposed to, I want to be a compassionate person. Uh, I want to be a kind person. So it becomes a social requirement. And then it's tainted. Tainted. So there are sometimes we, it's either that one feels, uh, oh, he doesn't need it. She doesn't need it. He's all right. She's all right. Well, everybody benefits from it. And oh, I haven't got much to give anyway. Well, this is just nervous inadequacy. So the more that one experiences the ease and the, the, the uh, naturalness of goodwill towards oneself, then it becomes not some sort of uh, such a doesn't um, become a social duty. It's a natural human quality, and it doesn't mean massive surges of emotions. Just the sense of warmth, and uh, now with so sometimes one just has a fair amount of indifference. Right. He's all right. I'm all right. Good. Fine. Bye. See you later. How you doing, Joe? Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm right. that's it. You know, so that sort of sense of indifference because you don't want to get too open because it sort of stuff starts happening and you sooner just be a bit more you do go on with your, doing your thing and that sort of pausing um, and so one sometimes recognizing um, the changeability don't uh, miss the ch- don't miss the opportunity this person you might not see him again uh, they might be in difficulty um, you might leave tomorrow what is how unfortunate if it beings there was a chance to experience that sense of warmth towards them and you, you missed it yeah. <laughs> Because this is a treasure for ourselves. It's where the, we feel abundant. And don't even have to say anything really. It's just that sense of allowing oneself to be touched in the heart. Now with beings one f- finds some antipathy towards difficult beings then again when you meditate um, it's nice to feel that one could experience kindness and compassion towards people who annoy you. And hopefully that could happen, but not right now. And so, say, well, I can feel kind and compassionate to you, provided you're about 5,000 miles away. That's where it starts. <laughs> you know, then, good, good, may you be well, just don't come anywhere near, just be well over there. Because as it gets closer, I start to not feel quite so comfortable. So you have to experience your own sense of feeling safe and comfortable in yourself. And then you can even visualize a person kind of walking towards you. And I don't feel any ill will yet. I feel <laughs> it doesn't happen yet. So just stay right over there. Then the ill will doesn't spring up. And then just staying there and feeling, yeah, okay, and you feel safe, and oh well, you maybe come a little bit closer. This is in your mind's eye, see, so you can kind of begin to be less, the, it's more like the dispelling or the quietening of the ill will, which can be based upon fear. You know, this person does offensive things to me, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable then you've got to look after your own well-being. And uh, I don't wish them ill, I don't wish them harm, I just don't want to see him. Because, <laughs> you know, that, then it's clear, isn't it? It's not that you're deliberately hating them, it's just then you realize I can't manage this person, but I don't wish them any harm, so they don't go away, you know. Um, so it's very practical. There's a 
one of the chants in, in the, what are called the per- protection chants um, uh, that we chant. It's, it's a chant that recommended for when you go into jungles. It says, you may the, the beings of many, with many legs, um, I send my metta to the beings with many legs, beings with four legs, beings with two legs, beings with one leg, this kind of snake, that kind of snake, I said no, I met her to them, may they be happy, may they please go away. (laughs) 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 So, there's a certain pragmatism to it. (laughs) So, if that's what it takes, you know, so the dispelling of the old world, you can feel yourself, you know, coil, recoiling. That's as near as you can get. Just ask them to go back a bit, and then so, so it says the old world. Sometimes it's useful with people you've got problems with, you know. So you get this image of this nasty neighbour who's always cantankerous and annoying and uncooperative. So every time you think this person, this image comes into your mind, you know, you know. Try to imagine what they're like asleep. It doesn't do the same thing, does it? Imagine what it's like when they're sick. You might even feel a sense of, oh, well, not he deserves it, but, <laughs> <laughs> but well, yeah, he's sick, oh dear, that's tough. So you see them in situations when they're not the perception of them is different because it's not really people we dislike it's particular perceptions that's what enters the jitta so if you've got a problem with something you can be sure it's not the whole person you see it's just their annoying habit or their way of talking to you or their way of not talking to you it's a particular feature so okay try to contemplate another feature what would it be like if they're sleeping or they're playing with their kids or they're walking their dog or you know sick or something like that then that same trigger wouldn't be occurring so you begin to separate the perception of the person from the person and maybe we need to acknowledge uh, does this person have a single scrap of goodness in them Single, single, tiny scrap of goodness, you know? No. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's an exaggeration. <laughs> they did pat their dog, you know. They did. Um, so you're trying to find one redeeming feature and and pick that up, not as a true statement of who they are, but just to help dislodge this fixed perception which can be obsessive and sticks there and you keep coming up against it I um, also practice sharing sharing merit with uh, people I have difficulties with it changes my my chitana instead of trying to avoid them or you know wish they weren't here I kind of Visualize and just imagine I'm just giving my all the benefits of my practice to this person. It does have effects. It does have effects. Because <clears throat> yeah. it also in, even in daily life scenarios, you know, um, there's a sensitivity, and a person you have difficulties with, you see them, you feel yourself, oh, something in them detects that. But if instead of that, you know, they, they experience you going, hello, nice day, isn't it? You know, then it can shift the way they behave. But if you have this fixed perception, you keep talking to that perception and relating to that perception, and that gets locked. So contemplate, you know, so these are ways in which we dispel ill will or don't pick it up or don't emphasize it um, generate goodwill uh, does any being not 
uh, need uh, nourishment. Sometimes it's the quality of compassion that's necessary. All beings fear pain, all beings are vulnerable. Sometimes it's the quality of mudita, um, the, the good that they do, or the good that I do, if you're cultivating towards yourself, or if you're in pain or suffering, or having miserable mind states. Oh, this jitter is experiencing a miserable mind state. Oh, you know, some sympathy. These are uh, uh, skills and equanimity. And equanimity doesn't necessarily sound such a rich experience because it easily the word easily gets confused with a sense of indifference. But it means one remains open and present uh, with oneself or with others through the changes, through the ups and downs, with a kind of something like a sense of trust. I sense you'll get through this. I sense you have this, what it takes to get through this difficult patch. Uh, I understand in myself I have what it takes to bear with us, get through this. Then the the mind doesn't clamp and and, uh, collapse under the, the difficult places. So the, these are some of the recollections, the visualizations helps, uh, deliberately recalling scenarios helps. Yeah. And it's something to definitely uh, get going and put, put energy into. Then, because it's the removal of any, you know, so it's not just be, you know having a problem with a person that that, that count that's the problem you know, the problem is the jitter is limited by ill will fear worry and these qualities remove those obstacles therefore the jitter is just all round more competent more capable than when it's crippled by ill will so it's not just social relationships it's also to, to amplify and make one's jitter rich and free from these constricting influences then it's going to do all its work it's going to do much more uh, comfortably and competently and with much more um, um, finesse so that's it when you make a mistake then yeah, okay need encouragement, don't need more blame. So I hope some of these are helpful. And why don't you take a little um, break, stretch your legs, 